This is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Wendy Riggs, an associate professor of biology at College of the Redwoods. She recently joined us for a webinar where she discusses the difficulties of building a community in online classrooms and how to overcome these barriers using technology. Let's jump in. We do have uh, one question here from Candace. Candace has asked, what do you do to trust students when in the past you've had a number of experiences where they really did lie about something as serious as their grandmother dying? I know. I, and oh my gosh, this is, so you had a lived experience of being lied to and that is a wound, dang it. And this is the conversation that I have with my 15 year old all the time. Like when you don't tell the truth that impacts the relationships that you have with people. Here's the way I look at it. Those students lied. Those students manipulated you. You don't know what these students are doing. You don't know what is true for them. And I have gotten to this place where a hundred times out of a hundred, I would rather trust the student for whom this actually is an issue, who's somebody actually died in their family. I would rather trust that student than risk not trusting them if it really happened. I would rather a student get away with lying to me then not trust the student that actually is experiencing that trauma. And the transition in my brain is that's on them. They carry that hustle. They carry that lie with them when they did that to you. And they carry that lack of knowledge, that lack of like, what did they miss out on in your class because of it? That's the consequence for that student. It shouldn't be on you to hold that line at the risk of this is me at the risk of not believing the student for whom it actually is an issue. I think that that's a it's a structural thing about teaching that I don't know how I've done it, but somehow I, I made this shift from like, no, I'm actually not a police officer, you know, forcing the following of rules. I actually am here for learning. I want them, holy crud, my students are going out to become nurses. And I do not want <laughs> them to not know their physio when they become nurses. So whatever I can do, and if they lie to me, I just have to, I can't spend all my precious energy trying to catch the lie and then not have the energy to support the student who needs that extra lift right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll also comment too, I think the, the best buy due dates is something that would probably eliminate the need to even lie in the first place. And that only would you bring up something that awful if you actually do need more than, you know, the normal time just to get an assignment in late. So I think combining the trust with also giving them a way out so that they don't have to use a lie like that might be. That's might a really good point. 
The other thing that I just want to say this because you made me think of it, Sarah, how many extensions have I asked for from you? Sarah has given me lots of deadlines for these webinars. Like I have to have my slides done by a certain time. And Sarah has, it. she doesn't tell me that it's a best by date, but when I do the Sarah, <laughs> need an extension. nobody died, but I just don't have it done yet. She has had grace and compassion and I've been able to turn it in like, that's real life. Yep. And it's always okay. We always figure it out. It's not a big deal. But I just think, yeah, having that trust is something that they won't lie to you if they don't have to, you know, so that what you said about the best buy dates and offering those extensions, I think would would help with that for sure. We're getting lots of chats, so it's hard for me to read them all. But I do have a question here from Mary. Mary has asked, how do you keep up with grading providing feedback and facilitating a presence in an online course for over 150 students in a seven week course. Oh, <laughs> Mary, first of all, we need to buy you a beer. And then <laughs> we need to go, holy camoly. So what you're describing is that structural thing. My first online classes, I felt so disconnected from my students and they did not feel the same way because I had videos that I had already recorded. So I invested all my energy in the videos where I'm looking into their eyes and I'm talking to them about the content and they actually felt connected to me for what really ends up being smaller investment in time. I think acknowledging that sometimes the connection is you're facilitating a perceived connection with a student, the student perceives connection, even if you don't, hence the, the notes and the, you connect with one of that 150 and it moves the bar and moves the bar for that one. But your situation actually sounds incredibly overwhelming and I want to give you a hug because of that. Definitely. I think one of the things that we've kind of pulled out of a lot of the chat messages, especially from some of the educators with very large classes. So I'll kind of summarize at least what I think what people are kind of getting at is what is your biggest recommendation for someone with huge classes to connect better with their students or at least connect with the ones that want to connect? So that's awesome. I think, and I, again, you know, maybe this is just my bias, but I think the video connection is huge. I think you get a lot of bang for the video buck. I also think keeping notes on the, the like, it's like collecting diamonds. You, you don't go, I'm a failure unless I collect all the diamonds. You go, oh my God, I got a diamond. This is amazing. And you get really excited. Keeping notes on your students even if it's not comprehensive and you're keeping notes on all of them, the ones that you do have notes for, that forms connection. So that's that's valuable. So videos that show you happy and in-person and connecting up with students, keeping notes of the ones so you remember the things that you want to connect with and then really try to get them connected with each other. Really try and get them to do that community work. I would say you asked for one, but I gave you three so you can have a mix and match a hodgepodge. But yeah, it's surprising to me the level of 
connection that people feel from a video. I, as you know, I'm very expressive human, am effective at imagining you all out there and loving you through my webcam. But I think that goes a long way. Oh yeah, and thank you, Redant. Don't edit your videos. I remember hearing about somebody who edited out, he would make a sound, he would do his video and then he'd go or something to make a sound that marked the video on the place where he wanted to edit out the thing right before it or whatever. And I can't think that fast. And so if I edited my videos, I would never put anything together. <laughs> so there would no, they would never exist if they got edited because I am too judgmental of my own self. So agree, oh, I think that's a good one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.